on May 7th, a, a, the Supreme Court threw out federal fraud conviction of two former New Jersey's officials who politically motivated a scheme redirected access to toll lanes on the George Washington Bridge between New Jersey and New York, leading to gridlock. The federal fraud statute at issue condemned schemes to obtain money or property. The high court concluded that the property invasion does not include government entities' interest in the regulatory allocation of its resources, such as access to lanes or toll bridges, nor does it include the value of services of public employees whose efforts are incidental to implementing such a regulatory choice. As the Supreme Court reason to rule otherwise would undercut the court's oft-repeated instructions, federal prosecutors may not use federal may not use property fraud um, statute to set standards or disclosure and good government for local and state officials. The U.S. Supreme Court has agreed to review Bridgegate, the case in which two former. Uh, New Jersey officials were convicted of fraud after for political reasons. They redirected traffic leading to George Washington Bridge. The defendant in the case, Kelly v. U.S., argued that lower court opinion conflicts with other appellate court decisions and is at odds with the um, Supreme Court accommodation of the, um, of the use of vague federal criminal laws to impose standards of good government on local and state officials. One of the defendants Bridget Kelly served as a member of the New Jersey Gov Governor's staff. The other William Bernani as Deputy Executive Director of the Port Authority of New York and New Jersey. The Port Authority operates the George Washington Bridge, which connects New Jersey and the New and New York. By long Standing political agreement access to three of the bridges, 12 toll booths, and the guard entrance of the bridge's 12 lanes is reserved to local traffic from Fort Lee, New Jersey. The defendants ordered the number of toll booths dedicated to Fort Lee, Lee reduced from 3 to 1, and the number of toll booths available to the main lane increased from 9 to 11. In conjunction with the traffic survey, but in reality, as an act of political retribution directed against the mayor of Fort Lee, traffic flow in the main lane improved. Traffic at Fort Lee toll booth, however, backed up and gridlock in Fort Lee ensued. In the political fallout, the governor fired Kelly and Barone, and a federal grand jury indictment indicted them on conspiracy, fraud, and civil rights charges. The indictment charged violations of six federal criminal offenses, conspiracy to violate federal law, conspiracy to commit wire fraud, conspiracy against civil rights, obtaining the property of recipients of federal funds by fraud, wire fraud, and deprivation of civil rights under the color of law. The federal funds 
offense occurs when the agent of the federally funded entity defrauds the entity of property valued at more than $5,000. Offenders face the prospect of imprisonment for not more than 10 years upon conviction. Conspiracy to commit this or any other federal crime is a separate five-year felony. Wire fraud consists of a, a scheme to, do, to defraud another of his property when the internet or phone is used. Cause to be used in the course of, of a scheme. Wire fraud is a 20-year felony. Wire fraud has its own conspiracy attendant. Conspiracy to, to commit wire fraud is a separate 20-year felony. And conspiracy to deprive another of his civil rights is a 10-year felony. The civil rights offense under a circumstance here is a one-year misdemeanor. The jury convicted the defendants on all counts. Kelly in the Third Circuit. On appeal, the U.S. Court of Appeals for the Third Circuit threw out the civil rights conviction but affirmed the defendants' conviction on each of the other counts. The defendants raised two arguments before the Third Circuit. First, they contended that their conduct did not constitute fraud under either of the offenses, without which conspiracy convictions could not stand. Second, they asserted that the prosecution was nothing more than a poorly disguised effort to avoid the Supreme Court's limited interpretation of honest services fraud. The defendants argued that they had not committed fraud Baroni had authority to order a traffic study and redirect access to the bridge as part of the study. Moreover, they asserted that Baroni's actions had not deprived the Port Authority of any property. The Third Circuit remained unconvinced. It noted that Deputy Director Baroni's authority rested on the traffic study cover story and his lie that the director knew of the plan. The court found that the defendant property contention no more compelling it explained that the government's evidence that the defendants fraudulently constricted 14 Port Authority employees into their service and Baroni's accepted compensation for the time spent conspiring to the defraud the Port Authority is alone sufficient for a rational juror to have concluded the defendants deprived the Port Authority of its money or property. Although unnecessarily to resolve the property issue, the court observed that the defendants would fare no better under a theory that the exclusive rights to control property is a recognized property interest. The Port Authority had property interest in the operation of the toll bridge, and the court stated defendants invented a sham traffic study to usurp the exclusive interest we allocating the flow of traffic and commandeering the public employees' public time in a manner that made no economic and practical sense. The Third Circuit attributed the defendant's honest services position to the Supreme Court decision in Skilling, where the um, Supreme Court deflected a vagueness challenge by limiting the term honest services to services corrupted by bribery and kickbacks. The Third Circuit considered Skilling inapplicable because in the eyes of the court, the defendants defrauded the poor authority of money and property not of the honest services of its public officials.
the court also considered the federal interest in the Port Authority sufficient to negate the suggestion that the prosecution of the defendants represented an example of the federal government and setting, setting good government and standards for the state and local governments. In the Supreme Court, the governor's staff, Kelly, successfully petitioned the Supreme Court to consider whether a public official defrauds the government of his property by advancing a public policy reason for an official that is not her subjective real reason for making money, making the decision. Her petition argued that under the logic of the Third Circuit opinion, a public, a paid public official decision of which um, snow closed streets to plow first or which potholes to fill first would become a federal crime of fraud if based on the unannounced political consideration conflicting with unannounced reason. She contended that this is contrary to the both the um, Supreme Court president, president and the interpretation of other lower federal appellate courts. Her petition declares that for over three decades, this court had repeatedly warned against using vague federal criminal laws to impose standards of good government on local and state officials. And city city's um, Supreme Court president of McNally versus United States, Scaling versus United States, and McDonald versus United States. In McNally, the court held that the prescriptions of mail fraud statute did not include defrauding citizens of their intangible right to honest and impartial government. Congress responded with a statute that added honest services fraud to um, schemes condemned in the mail and wire fraud statute. In Scaling, in order to avoid vagueness concerns, the court construed that honest service statute to reach only bribery and kickback cases. In McDonald's, court read the official element official element of federal bribery law narrowly and out reductively construed the statute in a manner that leaves its outer boundaries ambiguous and involves the federal government in setting standards of good government in local and state officials. The petition asserts that the Third Circuit adopted a theory of fraud so incredibly potent as to undo one's swoop the restrictions this court imposed in all those decisions. Its, op its opinion is a playbook for how to prosecute political adversaries and transform the federal judiciary into a ministry of truth of every public official in the nation. Kelly sees a conflict between the Third Circuit opinion and the decisions of the Seventh Circuit in Blagdrovich and Thomas, the First Circuit in Orch, and the Seventh Circuit in Goodrich. In one way or another, the cases each reflect the hesitancy to consider political as usual fraudulent. A hesitancy the Third Circuit was able to overcome. Kelly suggests that faced with the facts in Blagovich and Thomas, the Third Circuit would have found fraud in both instances because the defendant concealed his real reason for the official decision by engaging in political spin. This is reading of the statute that the Seventh Circuit not only rejected but deemed implausible and preposterous. 
Kelly also claims parallels in the first and seventh and the 11th Circuit sleight of hand fraud case. The first circuit has explained that the court may not circumvent McNally by so easily recasting an honest services case as money or property case. We do not think courts are freely simply to recharacterize every breach of fiduciary duty as a financial harm and thereby to let in those backdoor the very prosecution theory that the um, Supreme Court tossed out the front. So too, the 11th Circuit has ruled that a property interest that is intangible from the intangible right to good government described in McNally cannot sustain a mail fraud count even if reframed in property terms. The government's brief in opposition to the um, Supreme Court reviews emphasizes that evidence found by the trial jury satisfied each of the elements of the offenses of the conviction. Kelly's petition claimed that Fort Lee residents accounted for 5% of the traffic on the bridge and the rest of the traffic going through the reserve toll boots came from motorists cutting through Fort Lee to avoid conduction, leading to the main line toll boots. Although devotion of 25% of the bridge access for 5% of the traffic might seem to call for a traffic study and study indicated that realignment reduced congestion on the main line. The petition made no real effort to um, suggest that the study was anything but a cover for a political trick. Moreover, the government briefs points out that the jury was instructed that it would be a complete defense if petitioner had believed the traffic study was legitimate.